I have gone to more graduations than I can count in my lifetime. Uh, certainly my own graduation, uh, certainly when I was the youth minister, graduation for students, uh, graduation for family members. And as part of those ceremonies, you know, there's, it's just the, as you listen and you think about what's happening, it's not uncommon to hear a lot of cliches given uh, by the commencement speaker. And whether it's a professional, somebody who's uh, very successful, or is, is a, your valedictorian of your high school or, or college, uh, there are some common refrains uh, that you hear in commencement speeches. Commence, uh, cliches like, uh, you're here, you did it, congratulations. Uh, commencement is not the end, but the beginning. That's why we call it commencement. Uh, you're here because of your parents and your grandparents and all of these things uh, are common in commencement speeches. But without a doubt, the one that I think I heard the most, and sometimes it was even meant well, was a cliche we're going to talk about today. We are in a series that we are calling... You've heard it said, and this series is really taking the Jesus approach toward how he addressed things that we hear in culture uh, as he did with the culture of his days, the teachings of the rabbis, the things that the people were aware of, and he was taking the things that they heard and contrasting them with what was true, taking things that were popular and contrasting them with things that were right. It was a juxtaposition between what the culture taught and what Christ taught. And those things are often very, very different. It's a comparison between what's popular and what's true. So we're taking that approach. Last week we said uh, the, the first culture, cultural cliche, if you will, is to follow your heart. That's one you might hear in a commencement address, uh, but that's not the one we're going to talk about today. Now, as we think about these cultural cliches, I think it's very important that we do something that we don't always do when we hear something said, but we do what the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, Uh, we're in Acts on your Sunday morning Bible classes. I hope you're taking advantage there of those, uh, all the good teaching that Craig and others are doing. And in the report about Paul and Silas being in Berea, they said this about the Berean Christians. Verse 11, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica where they had just come from. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And that's our goal with this series, is to help us, to encourage us to continue to have that Berean spirit, regardless of what your Bible class teacher says, regardless of what the preacher says, regardless of what anyone says, when they say it, it's always good to cross-check it, just as the Bereans did with Scripture. Now, keep in mind, this was the Apostle Paul that the Bereans were hearing. Most of us would say, well, okay, I can accept that at face value. Not the Bereans. They examined the Scriptures every day to cross-check with what Paul was saying is true. So today's Cultural wisdom, the cliche that you'll often hear in the commencement speech is very simply this, to believe in 
yourself. Now, there's two ways that we can take believing in yourself. And we can think of it first as a little bit of a motivational kind of self-talk kind of thing. And, and that's not necessarily bad or wrong uh, to, to have an understanding. You know, if you, you have a person in your life who's always an Eeyore, you would guess that they're probably not going to be very well liked. They're not going to be real successful in their business. They're not going to do too well in the relationship because they're always down on themselves. They're always down. They just, I can't do it. It's always bad. You know, it's, it's, it's this attitude that's so negative. So believe in yourself in that way is okay, but that's not really what we're talking about for this sermon. What we hear about in the culture is this idea that's much deeper, which is to trust in yourself, to put faith in yourself. Now, this one steps on my toes a little bit because I'm a, I'm a self-reliant guy to my detriment. If you're a self-reliant person, the lie to believe in yourself is an attractive one. Scripture warns us so much to not trust in yourself. We can think of many examples. Trusting in yourself led Eve to bring sin into the world. Trusting in yourself caused Abram's wife Sarai to come up with a plan B when she didn't have a child. She said, well, you know, God apparently isn't going to get this done. We're old now, and so, Hagar, why don't you come in, and why don't you guys make a child? And to that union was born Ishmael. And Isaac and Ishmael have been battling ever since. Isaac and Ishmael battle today. You think trusting in yourself is not problematic Just take a look at the news. That all started with one woman saying, you know, I really think I could do this better. Apparently God's not going to act, so I need to act. Trusting in yourself led the ten spies sent out from the Israelite people to be fearful. To look around and see the giants instead of seeing God. Trusting in yourself led them to have to wander in the desert for a generation. Trusting in yourself led Israel into idolatry and ultimately into captivity. In fact, at the end of 2 Kings, we're told that in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. In other words, everyone believed in themselves. And so we have to be careful because it's so attractive and it's so easy to do because we want to believe ourselves, We want to believe in ourselves, And so the Bible warns us directly. Let's, let's, oh, some of you have your Bibles open. That's good. For those of you who don't, let's play catch up. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 14 because the Bible warns us in several places to not trust yourself. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, 
reads this way. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Be careful because you can't trust your own instincts all the time. You didn't hear last week's lesson, go download the podcast or watch it on Vimeo or YouTube or whatever. Because, as we said, we start with the faulty faulty foundation. Our heart is wicked. Our our heart is corruptible. Our heart is easily deceived. And so, when there are ways that seem right to us, its end is death. Many people have marched all the way to hell, but they did it their way. Turn over just 14 chapters toward the end of Proverbs, chapter 28. The book of wisdom tells us this. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs will go on to say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, These two simple proverbs, and there's 200 more scriptures, tell us again and again that we should not trust in ourselves, believe in ourselves, and there's several good reasons for that. Number one, we should not trust in ourselves because our heart is sick, as we talked about last week. It is beyond our ability to cure. We have... Major heart issues. And it's not concerning the physical heart, it's concerning the spiritual part of ourselves. Jeremiah says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We know that's true. Uh, Second, you shouldn't trust your heart because, uh, shouldn't trust in yourself rather, because your strength is insufficient. Isaiah chapter 40 is where you want to turn. Isaiah chapter 40. A beautiful picture, but something within this picture of those who trust in the Lord uh, that's, I think, telling. Verse 30 and 31 says this, Even youths shall be faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. As some of you, I mean, it's weird, but some of you are, are sleepy right now. I need to tell you, you're at the height of your life. I mean, you've got more energy now than you'll ever have, and some of you can't make it through the sermon. But Isaiah confirmed this when he said, even youths shall be weary. Young men shall be exhausted. Even people in the prime of their life who have the highest energy and the most physical ability will at times be exhausted, will at times stumble. Our strength is insufficient, you see. That, that is not going to get any better as you age, I'll just tell you. Your strength is insufficient to the task. And so when you trust in yourself... Not only your physical strength, but your emotional strength, your intellectual strength, all of these wane over the years. And they remind us that we are 
only flesh. And third, we should not trust in ourselves because our understanding is limited. The book of Proverbs famously tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I was talking with Tony and Christian today, as you know, big surgeries for them this week, Tony tomorrow, Heather on Tuesday, and we prayed together and, and then after we were finished, Tony said something that I found rather impressive. He said, you know, the, the, the doctors, they want to tell me everything that's going to happen, and they want to tell me all the potential risks and, and what it'll look like when I come out and how they're going to deal with that. And, and some people want to know all those things. I mean, some people take these people who've gone to all this medical school and all this training, but they are armed with Google I have questions. That was not Tony's attitude. Tony said to the doctors, I I trust you. Just do what you are talented and trained to do. And even more than that, I trust in God. And he's going to see me through. And I tell you, that, that is so... Telling because there are so many times in life when we want to lean upon our own understanding. I mean, I mean, when you're a young parent and you want to get your kid in the right class at school, like, well, who can I email? Who can I text? I'm getting them in the right place. You know, when you are trying to navigate your way and you're selecting what what home to live in, what neighborhood to live in, when you when you're trying to select your friend group, well, who's who's most influential and who's who could bring me up a couple of notches? When you're when you're at work, who's it good to be by? Who's it good to take to lunch? You're you're in yourself all the time and you're leaning upon your own understanding. And when you're doing that, what you are not doing is trusting in the Lord. So see, it's so easy to do. In in an information age, we are trained to lean upon our own understanding. But see, the problem is in the information age, knowledge is so much different than understanding. I can Google anything that I want to, but that doesn't mean I have understanding. I can pull up that article from the Mayo Clinic that tells me exactly what the doctors are going to do and how they're going to do it, but that does not give me understanding that the doctors have doesn't. When I try to do things my way, I am leaning on my own understanding. And if we could, if we could just unlearn one thing that's so prevalent in our culture, it is to stop leaning on our own understanding. It leads to so much trouble and so much heartache and so much stress, unnecessarily so. The Bible teaches us again and again and again to not do it. Don't trust in yourselves because you are not trustworthy. Let me illustrate. This is a ladder. It's from my garage. It's an old ladder. Uh, believe that Noah built this to get everybody on the ark. 
made from gopher wood, if you ever wondered exactly what that is. Now, I, I, this, I don't even remember where I got this ladder. It's got my name on it, and it's in the garage. I've had it for a long time, but I don't like using it. Do you know why? Because it's old. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell from up here, but it's not very stable. It, it wiggles. Uh, the capacity, the weight capacity is far less than what I weigh. The camera guys, you're going to want to make sure this goes all over the internet. See, when I take a step, every each step I take... I'm going to the hospital. Okay? This is the feeling I get with every step. Now, it, it's dangerous because this is not trustworthy. This is like putting your faith in yourself. Teen, should I go to the next step? Yeah, okay. <laughs> These are people whose brains aren't fully formed, so yes, go ahead, please do that. I'm not going to the next step. I didn't even like going up two steps. That's an easy illustration to make, but guys, I watch people do that in their lives all the time. Scripture says trusting in yourself, believing in yourself, leaning on your own understanding is putting your strength in a rickety, unstable ladder. The scripture makes the comparison that God is where we put our full weight. This is one I got a few years ago. The little giant ladder system. Perfect for little giants like me. It's strong. It's sturdy. I don't mind climbing up it because, oh man. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. It's sturdy. But when I get up here, it doesn't wobble. It doesn't shake. It doesn't move because it is trustworthy. All the shaking is coming from me, not the ladder. Does that make sense? We are told in Scripture to trust in the Lord, to put all our understanding upon Him. And in all our ways, He will make our paths straight. And so, church, when it comes to the decision of am I going to trust in myself and believe in myself and my own strength and my own wisdom and my own understanding or trusting in God. Scripture says to choose the latter. <laughs> it was a slow reaction. Oh, oh, okay. Paul says it this way. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. 
See, Paul had a lot of understanding and a lot of knowledge. He was trained under Gamaliel, who was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had a lot of things, but all of that was like a rickety ladder. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the letter, the lesson of the ladder is this. Only put trust in that which is trustworthy. And my friends, you and I are not trustworthy. The scripture tells us that again and again. Our hearts deceive us. Our hearts mislead us. We have limited understanding. We have limited strength. But when we put our trust in the Lord, when we put our fear in Him, we're trusting in a God who is unwavering, who is unshakable. So instead of trusting in our job, our money, our relationships, our possessions, our influence, our wisdom, instead of trusting in any part of ourselves, the scripture points us to trust in God. Turn to Deuteronomy 32. If you haven't been following along, I want to really want you to turn to this one because I think it's a good reminder. Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 32. Describing the Lord. In the song of Moses, we're told his, the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. Trust in him fully. Psalm 35, uh, 37 verse 5 tells us to commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Not believe in yourself. Trust in him and he will act. Psalm 118, just 90 chapters over, 80 chapters over rather. A very simple but profound one. It is better... To take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. So, if we're not to trust in ourselves and instead we're to trust in God, let's look as we're trying to do throughout this whole series, let's look what Jesus said. Turn to John chapter 14, right before he leaves the world. And you want to talk about a group of men who were scared and, and they wanted to know the answers and they had a lot of questions and they needed to know things and Jesus does not have time to address all of their understanding. But what he does here is beautiful. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus our Lord says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. 
believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, I want to stop. For, we just got to, lest we get hung up on the word believe, we understand that belief from a biblical standpoint always involves a measure of more than just intellectual acknowledgement. Okay? James tells us that even the demons believe in God and shudder. Okay? That's not what we're talking about in just terms of the, I believe that God exists. What he's saying here is, I want you guys to believe so much that every day going forward, you keep taking a step upward. To believe in God encompasses our understanding, but also our actions that are based upon that. Believe in God. Trust in God would be another way to say it. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told, would I to- have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Believing God, trusting in Jesus, does several things for us and in us. Number one, it gives us peace in times of trouble. As Tony and I've continued our conversation, he said, I'm... I know it's a big surgery, but I have peace. Where does that peace come from? His trust in God. Let not your hearts be troubled, dear children. Don't be worried by wars and rumors of wars. Don't believe foolishly that you have the capability to change any of that. Don't try to, by your own plans and creativity, fix all that is wrong in the world. Simply believe in God. Believe also in me. So it gives us peace in times of trouble. Secondly, this belief makes us guests in this world. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Christian and I spent a lot of time in the Holiday Inn Express right across from the cancer center this, sun, this, uh, this past summer. And it was a fine facility, no problem with it. But I did not concern myself greatly with the affairs going on at that hotel. Because mine was not a permanent stay, nor nor was Christie's. We were just guests passing through. There is a move in the world, and it sounds good, that says we as Christians, that our job is to bring heaven to earth. That's not really what the scripture calls us to do. And by the way, that puts so much pressure and angst and worry. How am I supposed to bring heaven to earth? How am I supposed to do that? I can't even bring heaven to my own household. How am I supposed to bring it to earth? So what Jesus said is, 
you can have peace. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And what does he say? And will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. I I do not mean that we should be ambivalent toward the hurting and suffering in the world. What I am saying is we do not consider ourselves the answer to the hurting and the suffering in the world. Only Jesus can fix all of that. And he did not call you and I to to fix every social ill, to redeem every wrong and injustice. I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. And Jesus didn't call us to do that. What did he say? Believe in God. Believe also in me. I think, I think it puts a lot of the weight on ourselves to assume that we have any, that the focus is on any of our strength, any of our ability. No, Jesus is the one who will fix and make right and redeem, not us. There's one Savior, and you are not him. Neither am I. And so, the third promise is that believing God and trusting in Jesus reminds us that someday Jesus will return. Make no mistake about it, he is coming back. And so the question is, will you be ready for the day when he appears? Once and for all, to take us back to the place he's prepared for us. Are you ready for that moment? Because at that moment, there will be no changing things. The question I put to you now is, are you ready for that day? Because the promise is he will return. I trust that fully. The question is, are you ready for when he does? Brothers, sisters, guests who are here this morning, don't believe in yourself. Believe in God. Trust also in Christ. The next time someone chooses to tell you to believe in yourself, you can confidently reply, I believe in Jesus and not in myself. And that's good news for a dying world. That's good news that it doesn't depend on us. That in all things, we cannot believe in ourselves, but we can fully believe and trust in him. This morning, if you're not ready for the day when he does return, I want to invite you, as we do most every Sunday, to take hold of the promise that Jesus gave to those who would follow him. If we will trust him, if we will obey him, if we will do simply what he said to do him, and we make it very complicated. Jesus kept it very simple. Believe and be baptized. If you haven't done that, I want to invite you to do that, to put your full hope and your full trust in him. If you have that need or any other need, I want you to head to the back, meet with one of our shepherds, and they'll help address any need that you have. Once you come, if you do have a need, as together we stand and sing.